0: Shavuos, which is fastly approaching, we're counting the days down, and on Shavuos we read the Sefer of Rus, and we wonder. It leads one to wonder. Rus doesn't seem. What's the connection of this Sefer Rus to the Yom Tov of Shavuos? It's the day of Kabbalah Torah, the day we were handed the Torah, and why is the Sefer of all things that are read? And we can think of many parashiyay satayra, many ideas to focus on. Why is the Megillah of Rus read on Shavuos. And Chazal tell us that the Megillah of Rus is a safer of kindness. The kindness of Bayaz to Rus, the kindness of Nami to Rus, the kindness of Rus to Nami. It's a safer of kindness. And the Torah is Chilasay vsayfay Gemilus Chasadim. Its beginning and its end is kindness. So we read the Sefer of Kindness on the day we got the to Torah. I think there's an important point here that is overlooked, that is overlooked both by institutions and overlooked by families, by parents. There's a word that's extremely important to have in our vernacular, the word nimus. The, the Hebrew word nimus is a very important word to have in our vocabulary. I asked, we have a visiting Bacher here now, a wonderful, sweet Bentura. I asked him, what do you see? I asked him, what do you see in the yesheva? So he said, everybody's kind, everybody's nice. That was his, an honest Bacher, and that was his, it's just like a world of niceness. It was always important to Rai Kastenbaum to speak it out back in the day that the kindness that you see around you, the culture that you see, is not a waterberry shtick. It's just people living true to the Torah. Living the Torah, somebody who just keeps the laws but doesn't keep the ideals of the Torah, keeps the words of the Torah but not the koil dvar Hashem. They hear what Hashem saying but they don't hear what Hashem is saying. They listen to the words, but not the ideals of the Torah. Not the values of the Torah. They don't understand the messages of Hashem. Abakr told me he's learning Givamas. So I asked him, so what kindness did you add to your life? You're learning the Masech of kindness. I said, I never thought of that. He's learning the words of Hashem, but he's not understanding the ideals of Hashem. He's not hearing the messages of Hashem. And our job is to hear the message of Hashem. The Zoyar calls mitzvahs, Karyag Eitzvahs, 613 advices. How would the Zoyar call them advices? They're obligations. Advice sounds like something you might want to listen to. Why would he call them advice? They're chiyuvim. But of course, there's the word of Hashem, and then there's the message of Hashem, the advice. Every mitzvah besides the chiyuv that we have to do, of course, and our loyalty to Hashem dictates that we do our achna, our, our humility, dictates that we listen to the words of Hashem. But Hashem wants us, Torah and mitzvahs pesi, they make a person smart. He wants us to understand the ruach of Hashem. Megilas Rus is a story, if you think about it, much of the story is the nitty-gritty of life. Poor people going to a field and picking up pieces in order to survive. But the Torah creates the nitty-gritty life as a life of kindness. Torah creates a life of Achrayis, of people who care for the Zulas. Abaya is a great man who cares for the unfortunate, who cares for the downtrodden and produces Mashiach, produces David Melech throne, produces greatness, because the Torah creates a certain culture, if you will. There's a nemus, there's a culture that's created. Every father should ask himself, what's the culture of my home? Every yeshiva should ask itself, beyond what we learn, what's the culture of our yeshiva? It's a very good litmus test. The Torah produces chesed. If the culture is one of kindness, of respect, of achrayis, of one person responsible for another, you're living Torah right. If the culture is not that, if you bake challah and they don't rise, you miss some ingredient. If you learn Torah and the culture created in your yeshiva is not one of kindness, one of responsibility, one yid for another, one of love, one of acceptance, you are not being true to the Torah. The Torah followed correctly, the koel produces the beauty that you see. We're in the presence of families that I want to talk about, we owe to speak about. There's a mishpacha, I will talk about them every time they come and when they don't come. There's a mishpacha here, the Rabinowitz family, Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yitzchak. I want to say, Rabbi Yisrael, that mishpacha, that family has a culture of kindness, a culture of achrayis, that's a toyridika culture. In the family, it's in the cereal, it's in the tcholent, it's in the walls of their home is a sense of achrayas to another Yid, a responsibility, a sense of appreciating Yidin, a sense of valuing Yidin, a kindness, a deep kindness that runs in that family that we have benefited unbelievably over the years. There's a culture of kindness in that family. It's not separate from Tyra because they're true to Tyra, because they understand the Tyra's chilasay besayfa gemilus chasadim. They understand the nemus, the culture that Hashem wants from us. They have that culture in that home and they spread that culture. They're a great shidduch for our yeshiva because a culture of love, a culture of acceptance, a culture of achrayus to the next person. Everybody here knows what we demand is not just to grow. We want you to grow like crazy, get closer to Hashem, but you failed miserably if you just grow and get close to Hashem, if you didn't cause others to grow. To grow and cause the next person, achrayis, Hashem shishem cause somebody else to grow. Achrayis. That is the culture of the Yesheva. That is the culture of the Rabinowitz family, and that's why we're such an amazing Shidduch, and we thank them. Yeah. There's a yid here. There's a yid here who was involved in many, many ways in our yeshiva from the very start. Torah Mitzvah, seventeen years ago, helped start the yeshiva, started the yeshiva, and continued to help along the years. And most recently, we're involved in negotiating and purchasing this amazing campus that has helped us. And, I'm zayichet to know, I, it's, Rev. Tzvi Bloom is a landsman, I grew up in the same city as him, and he's somebody, his family is known, this is the mid of the family, Achrayis again, he's involved, Torah Messiah is an organization that's about Achrayis, the responsibility to be mechanich every single yid, that every single yid, if there's a bocher you don't teach Torah, if you throw a bocher out of yeshiva, you are a thief, you are a ganav. you're a robber. A bakr is thrown out of yeshiva, you are a ganav, you're stealing. Every single yid's entitled to learn Torah. It's a right of a yid, you are a stealer, you are a thief, you're a ganav. You feel a certain bakr, if you convince a certain bakr that he's not Shaykh to Torah, you are a thief, a deep, powerful, eternal thief, because you have stolen from somebody what's his. You might be doing a pishay so you're a robber by accident, but a robber nonetheless. Every single yid is entitled to learn Torah. Every single yid is shayich to learn Torah. Every single yid has a chilek in Torah. One who teaches that, one who gives that over, is, a, is somebody who's Isaac in his entire life in Ashaba Savedah. He's returning to people what's rightfully theirs. And one who denies people that is, again, he's taking away from people things that belong to people. Torah belongs to us all. It's the right of us all. It's the opportunity of us all. It's the perfect shidduch for us all. There's an organization that's dedicated, this is their mission, to teach Torah to all, to make sure that every single... Jewish person has a right and an opportunity and a chance to learn Torah. They're people who are Shabbos Aveda, who return what's rightfully theirs to every year, the right to learn Torah. And Reb Bloom is involved in this organization. It makes sense. He's from a family of Achrayas, of responsibility, of Abbas Yisro, of Askonos, of doing for other Yidden. So it's my honor and our honor to have Reb Tzvi Bloom here and to thank him for everything he's done for us. And thank you for coming today. Yeah. I want to say, Rabbi, say that it's it's been like just awesome. We've tricked Ravari Ari Sharf into coming and staying and being involved with the yeshiva. And, and the, 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 I have I have a personal thing. To me, it's important that everybody involved with the yeshiva is on fire. Somebody shouldn't work for something, it's a job, okay, we got to do it. It should be a passion, it should be a mission. Somebody asked me about the yeshiva, I, I was trying to describe the rabbein. It's not, it's not a job, it's, not, it's a passion, it's a mission, it's something we're all, our whole lives we're engaged in this, we're focused on this. It's just doing what we do. I was with a few Bahram. We met somebody the day after the Zman. I was with Bachram in Queens, a group of Bahram. We met somebody who was a Rebbe. He was like, whew, they're in And I was just thinking that the Rebbeim right now are sitting... I, I, the guys were with me in Queens. We were just thinking that every Rebbe sitting now thinking, shucks, this man's over, in a very, very real way. Certainly we all like summer, and certainly going places, but a very real part of us is a part that needs some vacation, and a real part of us that says, shucks. When parents go away on a vacation, a husband and wife and the kids are elsewhere, they do enjoy the vacation, but the entire time they're not Mashiach Das and their kids. It does ruin the vacation to a They're just thinking, you think she's okay? You think he's okay? He's okay? The Rebbeim are embraced and engaged. It's a mission. And when Rivari joined the yeshiva a few months ago and staying on for many years, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And the fact that it's become a mission... I can get called at any time, always with a fresh idea, but something, how it's going to be better for the guys. Thinking the yeshiva, just going through. I love exchanging ideas, right? Rabbi Brownson and I will get together. Not every idea we think of do we enact. But we always want to be thinking about it, and you exchange ideas, and some of those become things we do. To have another person who's thinking the yeshiva, every aspect, but with a passion, with understanding the mission, has just been remarkable. So is gonna speak in one minute. I want to thank him for his involvement in the yeshiva. Thank you very yeah. there's, there's a welcome, there's a few welcomes here that are that are in order. And I wanna welcome there's somebody, to me, yeshiva's not wolves. I'm speaking about a culture, a nemus. A yeshiva's ideals. A yeshiva is a place of, of 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 mission. It's a place of ideals. It's a life and a lifestyle. And each baker puts his sincerity and his avoid in the yeshiva. That becomes the yeshiva. That is the yeshiva. The yeshiva baker will enter in six years is you, is your yeshiva. Because you with your sincerity. And I see a baker, I see my stern igniting with Rabbi yeah. Kaskabel. So he is creating, he's building a yeshiva. He's building a yeshiva. He's making a matzv. When I watch my own son steig and grow and develop, he's building a yeshiva with his neighbors. Yaakov's making a yeshiva that other Bach will enter. So there's somebody here, you are living in somebody's yeshiva. Somebody who put in a certain culture. There's somebody here who early was involved in the yeshiva. We were have. I want to welcome Heshi back home. So, yes, you can come yeah. the, the, the more welcomes to welcome the bladder, Mishpacha, but yeah. if I do all the welcomes. Yeah. I, I want to say that everything I'm saying was cre- everything I'm saying, and what I'm describing, I'm describing a culture. And one day, think about the culture of your family. It's not thought about enough. Every yeshiva has to ask themselves what is the culture of our yeshiva? What is the culture? What happens? That's the ikr of your yeshiva. Everything that happens during Seder creates that culture. If the culture's off, something's off. You have to ask yourself what's the nemus? One day, your own family. What's the culture of your home? <laughs> What's valuable, what's important, what's the environment, what's the vibe of the home. The one who dreamed this all, and started this all, and all of us, oh, for the gorgeous Makim that he dreamt and created. So it's a tremendous appreciation to Rai Kaufman Shlut of everything he's done. What? Uh-oh. You have to meet another person, another person who you're in his yesheva. He put in his beautiful midice and stayed involved in the Shubar Hashem. I wanna welcome Mayor Heineman back home. Yeah. I'm probably leaving out some welcomes, but I we all want to ready Ari Sharf to speak. So Ravari, take it away. So, today is a very, uh... I'm going to send the 10th grade as late Richard. It was my delay the 10th grade. You go now by Shapiro. You're going to, go to your trip. The 10th grade, you should go to the late church. trip.
1: Rabbi Sai, Rabbi Kalish is truly a tzaddik. Ever since he heard my speech a couple of weeks ago with some off-color jokes, he always makes sure the 10th graders leave when I begin to speak. (laughs) I I just want to say that, you know, it's it's been many months now and, you know, I've learned that Rabbi Kalish does not uh, read his text. I actually texted him last night and this morning and uh, I, uh, I can just read you part of what I wrote. Please refer to me as Rabbi Sharf, and not Ari. And you can read, quote unquote, Ari is an incredible guy who is devoted to Chazer. His you want to hear the rest of it? or? <laughs> It's got two off-color jokes, which I'm going to save for the end, this way. But I just, I just want to say that it's been a few months now since we've been coming up with some really incredible people, and, you know, we've had really the people divided into two categories. We had people that were successful in business that uh, not only, you know, through the ability to be successful in business, they are able to apply what they know to help the clow. And then you have people that are involved with claw work that uh, sometimes they need a little bit of a a piece of advice from uh, someone who has some business (coughs) experience. And if you go through the people that have been up here the past couple of months, each one of those can be put directly into a specific category, and one of the two. And we're very lucky today to have someone who not only took out from his busy schedule to come up here, but there's a... A, 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 another uniqueness to today is because the people have come up here, we're introducing them to the yeshiva. We're introducing them to Durham. We're introducing them to uh, Rabbi Kalish and the mission of of every one of you. But today is someone who's not only a person who's involved in many different business deals and has world experience. He's also involved with the Klal, as Rabbi Kalish mentioned, Torah Masora, which is an organization that helps <coughs> any town, any city, any community that wants to build a yeshiva, a of a place for Torah learning, a place that where every Jewish boy and girl can be able to get a Jewish education. They give them the tools and the wherewithal in order to not just uh, begin but to thrive for many years to come. But the individual who's here today is somebody that not only was involved with making sure that we have this incredible campus today and negotiated every step of the way... But he's someone who's been involved with the Waterbury community per se. The Waterbury community, close to 18 years ago, when no one even believed for a second that there would be an opportunity to re- to build a community of Torah, a community of of yeshivas, and of course today it's a uh, it's a it's a thriving community, and and you don't see that every day. You you know, there's many different. Uh, Yeshivas that open up in Brooklyn and uh, and in Lakewood and Muncie and and, and it's all incredible and a lot of hard work goes in. But when you when you're talking about not just opening a school but starting a community, it's uh, it's 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 very very hard work. And and this is this is somebody that has been involved with the roots of everything that we have here today. Before I introduce him, I I just want to teach him one thing. If your speech at some point turns out to not go as you expect and you're not getting the crowd. You know, responding as you want. All you can, all you have to do is let's give a round of applause for Avikayish. Round of applause. Yeah. It, 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 it has, it has saved me twelve times. Uh. So, everybody said, with that, for any further shalom, please give your respect and your attention to Rabbi Sweet Bloom. <laughs> the phone.
2: recording. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give a round of applause to Rabbi Kalish. Thank yeah. you, yeah. Rabbi Kaufman. Thank you, Ari, uh, for Rabbi. the write-up. Rabbi Sharf. Rabbi Sharf. That's why I come here. <laughs> so, um, as was mentioned... I've been involved and had the opportunity to be in touch with Rabbi Kaufman and the Waterbury community for almost 18 years now, and I've had the opportunity to witness on at least three occasions, maybe maybe more, but certainly on three occasions, open miracles. Open miracles, the fact that the city of Waterbury decided to give a beautiful campus to the yeshiva, is an open miracle. The fact that a guy from Long Island decided to uh, basically uh, not give this campus, but almost give this campus, not to sell it to somebody that was willing to pay more than the yeshiva was willing to pay for, was clearly an open miracle. And during the years, through the operations and issues that came up, we saw clear, open miracles. So the question is, do we assume that Rabbi Kaufman is capable of creating miracles? (laughs) Looking around... You would think that Rabbi Kaufman can make miracles. Look around at this campus. I mean it's just really, really incredible. <coughs> so and just just this past Shabbos, Rabbi Brown, spoke in Farakwe. He actually spoke to the boys' minion and he told a very interesting story. There was a person by the name of Rabbi Abba Lif, who was started Yeshiva.
0: Yeshiv! Yes, 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 yes. Honey buzzes. <laughs> Red
2: oh. Okay, so you probably know the story <laughs> Rabbi Lif was unfortunately had to travel to Milwaukee to go for an open heart surgery He was there for three weeks Rabbi Lif was an unbelievable, unbelievable all he did was learn all day and uh, what is the person that learns all day? He's going to have to be for a few weeks in Milwaukee. So what does he take with him? Two suitcases full of svarim. And he's going to sit and learn throughout the, throughout, the, uh, throughout the time there. On the way back, it seemed that it, was, uh, it became public that he, was at, that he was recuperating from the surgery. So the airline offered that he could come sit up in first class. And the stewardess told him, you should know, it happens to be, One of the most famous NBA basketball players is on the plane with you. I'm sure every single one of you heard of this person. His name is Francis Louis Alcindor. No? Never heard of him? Never heard of him? He happens to be the all-time NBA leading scorer. The reason why you'd probably never heard of Francis Lewis Elson is because he's otherwise known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Wow. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the plane with him, and everyone was making a big deal. Of course, Rabbi Lif had no interest in seeing him or getting his autograph or anything like that. Anyway, he lands back in Baltimore, and uh, he goes to wait for his luggage, and his luggage is not coming. So he goes to the luggage office and they fill out a form and they tell him okay, in a few days, as soon as we find it we'll deliver it to your house <laughs> he's waiting a couple of days knock on his door the airline comes and they bring him his luggage he's looking, it doesn't look like his luggage anyway, he opens it up and inside is full of electronics, a boom box and a TV and he calls them up and he says, there must have been some, some kind of mistake, my, this is not my luggage, anyway we're going to check it out A few days later, they come, they send someone to pick up this luggage, and they say, listen, we haven't yet located your luggage, but hopefully very soon, as soon as we find it and we figure out who has it, we'll get it to you. He's waiting a day, a week, two weeks go by, nothing doing. He never gets his luggage. Finally, one day, there's a knock on his door, and there's a Jew that happens to live near Baltimore. He says, I was driving on the highway from Washington to Baltimore, and I noticed some books on the side of the road and I pull over, and there's these books, Jewish books. And I happened to notice, and one of the books had your name and address. So I put it all together. It's all dirty and wet from the, from the rain and the garbage. But I put it all together, whatever I was able to do, and I put it together, and I brought it back to you. And Rabbi Lift looks down, and he's so disturbed that somebody could disregard and not treat his svarim with respect. And he said... The hand that did this to these Svarim should be punished. Three days later, in a preseason game, Kareem Abdul Jabbar gets into a fight with another player. He punches him and he breaks his hand. So, are we going to say that Rabbi Lif created a miracle? The answer, the answer is no. Rabbi Lif was not a miracle worker. Rabbi Lif had the koyach haTorah. Rabbi Lif gave over his entire life to learn Torah, and to grow in Torah. And when a person respects the Torah, then the Torah respects him. And that's what I could say about Rabbi Kaufman and this yeshiva. Rabbi Kaufman has a love for Torah. And he wants to share it with every single one of you. And it's because of that love that the Rabban Shlom behaves in a way that is not normal and is miraculous. In many years from now, people will look back on the history and on the growth of this incredible yeshiva. And every single one of you will go down as a member of the inaugural year of the Durham campus. And it's because of the fact that you have decided to spend your time here and to invest your time in growing in Torah and in your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you have such incredible, incredible rabbeim that want to share that with you and you have incredible friends that want to share that with you. Take that time. Don't waste it. Use it to grow in your relationship with your friends, with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, with your abeim, and most of all yourselves. And emits Hashem, should all be Zoika to see growth and a love for Torah and a love for Yiddishkeit. And Metz Hashem, Rabbi Shalom will see tremendous nachas from all of you. Okay, dismissed. I want
1: to tell you one quick story. Okay. Our 11th graders,
0: you go. Rabbi Sharp. Rabbi Sharp. Rabbi Sharp. Rabbi Sharp.
1: Rabbi Sharp. Rabbi Sharp. It's Rabbi uh, Sharp uh, Shlita. And that, and that was in the text. <laughs> guys, listen, I, was late, I? <laughs> um, guys, guys, listen, when we finish up over here, please feel free. Right. Bloom is going to be here for another few minutes if you want to ask me questions. There's a whole history. It's fascinating. He told me that when he originally came up here, before there was any community, before there was anything, and they wanted to just secure a place... Uh, he was supposed to be part of a group of people that were going to come up and talk to the local politicians, <laughs> to the local community and the main person who was supposed to come up to lead that group uh, his, plane, his flight was cancelled and uh, the meeting had to go on and uh, at only 29 years old Rai Bloom came up and uh, he had uh, no preparation whatsoever but he said that uh, the meeting went incredible and uh, we, see a, we see that Siat that, Tshmaiya that has continued for for many, many years, and uh, we're almost up to the 18th year of, of the community of Waterbury. I just want to share with you a quick airplane story. I might have shared with you, I'm not sure, but because our boom said this uh, story of the airplane, it reminded me. When I got married, I told my wife, I said, I want to tell you something. I'm a great schmoozer, and I'm very good at getting upgraded. Did I tell anyone the story? Nope. Okay, so 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 I... Oh, did I say it? No. What? No. Well, no, no, no. no. So anyway, so I this is, this is a true story, by the way. The other ones weren't, but this one is. When 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 my when my um, when my brother wanted to go to Israel, he found in the newspaper one of the from travel agencies was advertising Alitalia Airlines to Israel. It was like too cheap to believe. But uh, we all ended up going on this flight, and my wife and I uh, we were just we were just newly married, and I said, "Don't worry, you'll see." I because I, I I was I. I tend to get upgraded, now they change the system, you really can't do it, <laughs> you know, now it's all computers. and it was like personal relationships, you know, but it, that, but, I, but I was on this flight going to Eretz and we were literally two rows behind business class, we were packed in like sardines, and the curtain kept like, you know, opening a little bit, and like, you saw this gorgeous section, it was all empty, and it happened to be that the guy behind us was like literally coughing away, so I said, ah, so I called the stewardess over, I said, listen, I said, we're trying to enjoy our flight here to Eretz you know, we're stopping off in Italy, we need to sleep now, uh, Please do me a favor. You know, you have this. You know, you know. We're sitting here trying to go the flight. You got this whole empty area in business class. I'm a. You know, I'll, I'll write something great about. I'll tie you and you know. I'll write something back to you, a compliment, whatever, a comment in the comment card. And she's, like, she's like, okay, yeah, don't worry. Anyways, so, so the story was that the purser, who's ahead of the flight, comes back and says to me, he says, "Sir, you're not enjoying the flight." I said, "No." He says, "And we, when you mentioned we have all the seats in business class, I'm like, yes." He goes, "And this guy behind you is coughing." I said, "Yeah." She so says, "I will take care of that." He goes to the guy behind us. who's coughing. He <laughs> says, "Sir, could you please come with us?" And they move him into business class. The guy had the nerve. Listen to this. The guy had the nerve to come back in the middle of the flight to get his bag from on top of where I was sitting. He says, "This is one of the most incredible airlines." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my story. If you have any questions for boom, bloom, please come up. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>